Hey, what's up, guys, and welcome to the Stories About Photos podcast. This is a podcast for landscape photographers who love to hear the stories behind the photograph. You know, these are the stories that we sit around the campfire with our friends and laugh about later. You know those stories of when you saw that epic shot, but then right after you pressed the shutter, you fell into the lake. I'm your host, David Johnston, so sit back and relax as we discover the stories about photos. Hey, what's up, guys? David Johnston here. I hope your run is going well. I hope your workout's going well. I hope walking the dog is going well. I hope you aren't falling asleep at the wheel right now while driving a long distance. I know a lot of you guys listen to podcasts while you travel. You listen to podcasts while you work out. You listen to podcasts while you do day-to-day activities. So I want to thank you for joining me while you're doing the mundane day-to-day activities. Look, it's got to be done. I'm doing my laundry right now getting all this stuff done and and working on the podcast simultaneously. So welcome in to stories about photos. So I want to get right into the story today. And this goes way back. Like, have you ever thought about your initial photos when you were just starting out as a photographer? Like, have you thought about what those photographs actually looked like and what they represented to you or, or how proud you were of those photographs? Well, That's kind of what we're going to be going over today in the podcast. And we're going way back to when I started my photography and to when, like, I was taking those very first photographs and I was like, yes, like, this, this is what I could see myself doing for the rest of my life. Being a photographer, creative industry, I love creating stuff, I love artistic stuff, but photography is, like, what really speaks to me and what I want to do with my life. And and this is the photograph that represents that. But okay, so can I preface this? This is like a success and failure story all all in one because it shows how embarrassing I was when I was first photographing things. So let's go back. I, I was shooting photographs of flowers and I was working with macro photography because like when you first get into photography, you want to learn every kind of different way you can shoot things. And I was really into macro stuff for some reason because honestly, I don't really like it now. But I was, I was really into macro. I had like the kit camera. I was using a Canon Rebel T2i. Like if you go way back to those initial cameras that came out, the Rebel T2i was my main workhorse camera and I make it sound really awesome, but it really wasn't. And I had like a kit lens, uh, like a, I think it was one of those like 55 to 350s or I don't, I don't even know what it was. It was, it was a telephoto lens. And I didn't have enough money to buy a macro-specific lens, so I got those manual focus extension tubes off of Amazon. And um, I know everyone knows about them if you've ever shot macro before and you couldn't afford a macro lens. Like You look for ways that you can still shoot macro without spending hundreds of dollars on a lens. I think you get them for like 20 bucks on Amazon uh, and you can just manually focus to whatever you want to shoot macro with. But I was shooting this and I shot a flower and it was a dogwood flower and and during spring and I I really liked it. I I loved it so much. Like it, I was 
I knew that's what I wanted to do with my life, but I hadn't narrowed my niche down to landscape-specific photography yet. And I wanted to see what this looked like, and I immediately started building a website around this one photograph. And you know, like when you first start building a website, you think about what other photographs can I put on this? Because I only had one photograph. Like I had that dogwood flower photograph, like the macro photograph. And I, I really didn't have any other photographs. I'd been to Australia when I studied abroad in college and I had like some point and shoot photographs of a Ferris wheel, of a tree, of a forest, of a waterfall. So I, I put all these photographs on my website and it's one of those, I don't even think I had my own domain. It was probably something along the lines of davidjohnston-squarespace.com. One of those that no one is ever going to search for. One of those that has terrible search engine optimization and you know what business experts would tell you to steer away from. That's what I had. <laughs> That's what I had starting out with. And I, I remember building my website around this one specific photograph, which you should never do. Like expert tip right now, never do that when you're starting out. Build an entire portfolio first and then make a website. It takes time, it takes patience, okay? So I remember I finally finished my website. It probably took me about a week to create, uh, just, just pounding it into the ground, like working super hard on it and trying to figure out everything that I needed to do to make this look really good, even though it looked exponentially bad. I can't describe how bad my first website actually looked. And since I hadn't narrowed down my niche yet, my market was like all these different types of photography. I even did pet photography for a while. If you want to describe what an awful afterlife would be for a photographer, especially a landscape photographer, I think it would be pet photography. No offense to any pet photographers out there who love it. Go for it. It is like my worst nightmare. And I don't even know why I put it on there. Maybe I was just trying to score some cash or something. But So I built this website around this one photograph. And it wasn't even a good photograph. It was, it was really bad. But I remember, and this is really embarrassing, so I remember I hit on the website to go live, and um, I wanted to immediately get business. And I remember I had this one great photograph and tons of really bad photographs. And I hit go live, and I had like an old, an old flip phone as my contact number, like an old flip phone. You remember those millennials going way back to your high school career? But I immediately turned my phone off of vibrate onto the highest volume possible. And I did expect to get immediate calls from that website. Even though the SEO was awful, even though like it had no search functionality at all, it was one of those like dash Squarespace websites. 
and I immediately turned my volume on my phone on high so I could receive all those very important business calls that I was going to get through my photography and literally my mindset was I'm gonna get all these calls and like next week I'm gonna quit my job because I'm gonna be this like best photographer in the world like my self-confidence and my self-esteem has always been super high for myself I think that's how you succeed in life and win in business but that day was definitely a shot to my self-confidence and my self-esteem because I didn't get one call and I think I was expecting to get like 10 to 20 and I think that's what like a lot of photographers expect when they first start out it is these just a, a, a fire hydrant amount of calls to come get you to like shoot national parks or protected areas or wildlife photography or sell a immaculate number of prints. But what I learned from that day, and, and this is where it kind of takes a turn for humiliation for me. What I learned that day was number one, I wasn't as good as I thought I was, which is always good to eat some humble pie when you're a photographer, especially when you're a photographer like me who has extremely high self-confidence and knows that they can get every single shot. But it was definitely a piece of humble pie for me moving forward with my photography and rethinking how you can uh, really achieve success in photography and how you can really achieve success and building a website and, and learning everything you can about SEO uh, for your website and for your business, selling products. But I think this is like a big problem for a lot of photographers when they come in, especially millennials. And I'm on the, I'm on the early edge of millennial age, like I'm 30. And I have no problem pushing millennials to do better because I'm one of them. But I also think millennials are some of the photographers who are really pushing the industry forward and challenging like what photography and landscape photography actually is, coming up with new techniques, coming up with new styles of shooting things. Um, and that's also benefited millennials. It, it, it's benefited us from learning from photographers who have been doing it long before us, even though we have this like understandably accurate uh, like misconception Maybe it's a misconception. I don't really know. But you, we have this interpretation that we're just like brash people who always want to be right. And for the most part, yeah, I can see how that's true. But it's these life lessons that we learn that the experts already knew that we need to succeed. Like moving forward, you're not as good as you probably think you are when you're first starting out. And number two, it's really hard to have success in landscape photography when you don't make mistakes like this or when you don't expand your portfolio or try out different things of shooting and really narrow down what it is you want to photograph or, or what it is like your niche topic is even if you don't want to take like the broad viewpoint of landscape photography even if you want to look at it like well i 
only want to shoot waterfalls. Yeah, go do it. You definitely should be able to do that. And you definitely should be able to surround your business with something like that. But I think this, this story behind this photograph is really important for people to learn from, even though it shows how stupid and impatient I was as a photographer, like you need those moments to learn patience because it's going to take way longer than you want it to. Of course, there are those outliers. Like if you look at YouTube and the Peter McKinnons uh, who got like a million subscribers and what, three or four months, that's an outlier effect. And when we see that, and when that's publicized, like we completely lose the concept of patience and we turn off that lesson in our photography. And it's like, we don't have that overnight success and then we just wanna quit. Well, maybe, maybe we're not that good at photography, right? Maybe I should just give up. When really we need to instead look at and read about the stories of when someone shoots their best photography is when they've been doing it for 10 years. When they finally break through is when someone's been shooting for 15 years. You know, you never hear about musicians that wrote their best songs after they hit millions of records sold. They always write like that best stuff when they're first starting out or when they're really poor or when you know they're they're in this troublesome situation you never hear about them writing their best stuff or their most meaningful stuff when they are like ultra platinum recording artists and i think that's really important with photographers especially nowadays you know you have so many young people coming into the photography game and landscape photography game who who expect everything right away. And that's not realistic. And you need people like me telling you that stuff because it's the truth. You need people keeping you honest because that's the truth about how it is in landscape photography, about what you wanna go shoot. So take this story behind this photograph of my terrible macro photo of a dogwood flower as a life lesson to you that number one, you probably aren't as good as you think you are when you're starting out. Number two, learn from people who have been doing it for a really long time. And number three, it's going to take longer than you want it to. And, and number three is the most true of that. It always takes longer. There's no such thing as an overnight success, it's going to take you a really long time to perfect your craft in landscape photography or waterfall photography or elk photography, whatever you shoot, like it's gonna take you a really long time to perfect that craft. Hey, what's up guys? Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. If you like this podcast or if you know it can help somebody else, go out and share it, pass it on, share this information with other photographers so we can all get better.